Here we go. Welcome to this week's episode of Guardians and Gladiators. I'm your host, Lozy, and always with me is the fun guy, D. How are you? Fun guy? What am I, a mushroom? <laughs> <laughs> I'm good, Lozy. How are you? Other than freezing oh, cold. What a cold doing, weekend, eh? Oh, it was. I'm doing good. Good. Excited Just about started, this week's episode. Oh, go ahead. Just started to get my legs feeling back again. Did yeah. a did a ten k run through Springbank uh, walk. Did a ten k run through Springbank Park on a Friday afternoon <laughs> with no training or anything. Just decided no. I'm going to do ten k. Me, me, and my VON worker. Yeah, did did it. So he made me do it. Night was it like a run walk kind of thing? Uh, just walk just walk yeah yeah started at storybook gardens and went all the way to the uh, terry funk terry fox tunnel yeah and and back oh good for you <laughs> good for you oh yeah <laughs> you're a little sore the next day it, it was it was <laughs> yesterday <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome well, we got another great show for our listeners this week. Uh, again, another great athlete that we're going to speak with. Cameron O'Connor is joining us this week. And then we're going to move on to somebody who, um, I won't call him the father of Special Olympics because that, that's not fair. Uh, maybe the grandfather? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> We are we're lucky to be joined this week by Bill Mills, who has been involved with not only Special Olympics in London, but Special Olympics in Ontario. And uh, we're going to get some great insight from him as to, you know, what what this what this organization was like in the early days, uh, right up to what we're like now and how far we've come. So I'm excited to hear that because I, I love hearing how far this organization has progressed and everything that it's done, not only locally, but provincially and of course, internationally, like we both know, right? Oh yeah. Like me starting back in 2004, like having all these guests that knows what happened before then and like at the beginning is, it's good to learn more about Special Olympics every year. And then, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, what it was that they say that, uh, you know, you appreciate where you are when you know where you came from, right? And yep. finding out what this organization was like back in the early days and to where it is now, it, it makes you really appreciate everything that people like Bill Mills have done in order to get it to where it is today. So looking forward to, to uh, chatting with Bill. And um, it'll be another fun show. So that being said, let's take a quick break and we will be right back after this. Welcome back to Guardians and Gladiators, folks. And now we're here with our first guest. He's a Special Olympic athlete. Welcome to the show. Cameron O'Connor, how are you today? I'm doing good. Hi, Cameron. Great. Thanks oh. for joining us tonight. You. so so Cameron when when did you start Special Olympics um, a long time ago <laughs> <laughs> what what sport did you start with soccer basket soccer floor hockey baseball wow. and do you do any other sports now Cameron or do you still just do those three I do basketball basketball yeah 
Very nice. Yes. So, um, let's see. Have you been to any of the provincial games or? Yes, I went to soccer. For <gasps> soccer. Nice. Where was that, Cameron? Where did you go to the provincial games? In Peel. In Peel? Whoa, yeah. that sounds like fun. Were you there yeah. for the opening ceremonies? Yeah. Yeah? Was that fun? Yes, it was. Yeah, I think Lozi and I probably agree that's one of our favorite times of any of the games is the opening ceremonies, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it? I like it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you get that. Matter what, Go ahead. At Lose. any games, at any games, the opening ceremonies are are the best things. Yeah. Do you what do you remember about the opening ceremonies, Cameron? Um was um I think a lot of stuff. I don't, can't remember. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff happening during them, isn't there? Yeah. Some music. Was there, there was music at those ones in Peel, wasn't there? Yeah, get to <laughs> dance a little bit. Yeah, and the guest speaker was there too. Yeah, do you remember who the guest speaker was? I think Don Cherry. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah. And uh, do you remember the torch coming in to start the games off? Yeah. 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 That's my personal favorite, but I'm a little bit biased. That's all. But I really like running. In but I'll tell you, going through all you athletes and high fiving everybody as we came in with the torch, that is yeah. the best time of any torch runner's life is when they come in there and they get to high five all the athletes. We love doing that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So fun. So, did you stay down there for a couple of days? Did you stay in a hotel? Yeah. Three nights. Three yeah. nights with all of your teammates. Yeah. How much fun was that? Fun. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. And did you get to like eat together? And 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 yeah. was there a pool in the hotel? No. No, not in that one. Sometimes everybody goes in the pool, but you get to hang out with your friends and your teammates for a few days. Very yeah. nice. And how did you do in in the matches? Really good. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Excellent. Good. So Cameron, all of this stuff that's happening right now with COVID and, and we have to close down the sports and you can't go play. I'm going to tell you, what if we had, you had a magic wish that came out and someone came up to you and said, okay, Cameron, here it is. We are going to, for you, we are going to make all of this go away. No more COVID, no more masks, no more lockdowns. What would you do tomorrow? If we got rid of all of this today, what would you do tomorrow? See my grandpa play sports and see my, see my friends. Wow. Those are three <laughs> great answers. Eh, oh, yeah. Yeah. I would just pick, go back to work. <laughs> <laughs> right. Now you say, see your grandpa. Where is your grandpa that you can't see him right now? Hospital. Is he? Oh, that's a shame. So do you still get to, to speak to him like this on, on, on a Zoom chat or anything like that? On a phone call. Phone calls? Wow, that's nice. At least we get to do that. But I'll bet you it'd be great to be able to go see him again, wouldn't it? Yeah. Nice. And what was the other thing? See your grandpa. Play sports? Was that yeah. one of the other ones? And which sport would you pick if you got to pick one of them? Which one would you choose to do tomorrow? Probably soccer. Soccer? It'd be cold yeah. out though, wouldn't it? I know. <laughs> <laughs> Inside soccer. Yeah, indoor soccer. That's right. Good. And then the last one was see your friends. Yes. Yeah. What would you do with your friends if you got to see them tomorrow? Hang out, play sports. Nice. Now, yeah. 
Is that one of the best things about Special Olympics or all the friends that you get to make? Yeah. Yeah. Do you have lots of friends through your different sports? Yes. Nice. Nice. So have you done any other kind of Zoom chats for the last year or so with any of your teammates or any of the, the different things that happen? Any other Zoom meetings with people? I do soccer Zoom. Do you? Do you do them each week? Every Tuesday. Every Tuesday. Nice. I heard about them. Is that uh, surely look after those? Yes. Yes. I heard about those. And what kind of things do you do on your Zoom chats? We do a workout. We play dance a little bit. <laughs> nice. Good. Do you kick the ball around inside the house? No. <laughs> <laughs> Probably get to do that once or twice. You break a few things and mom would yeah. be saying, that's it. All done. <laughs> So after, uh, with all, with all this COVID going on, how, how are you keeping active? Walking, do exercises, physio. Nice. Do you have a dog or anything that you can walk? Yeah. My mom does that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, your mom walks the dog. <laughs> yeah. Do, do you help out in other ways with the dog? Like maybe cleaning up after the dog or yeah. yeah? A lot of that. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's funny. So Cameron, uh, you have a little bit of a of a different history, don't you? Where were you born? South Korea. South Korea. That's amazing. And how old were you when you came to Canada? Five months. Five months wow. old. Wow. And have you been able to to um learn anything about your background in South Korea or, or the history of there? I saw my birth mom. Yeah, you have. Wow. And wow. does your birth mom still live in South Korea? Yes. Yes. And you're able to communicate with her? Sometimes. Sometimes, but you have met her before? Yes. That would be exciting, eh? Wouldn't that be great? Wow. Yeah, that's awesome. Very interesting. Good. Well, Cameron, we really hope that things clear up. I, I'm afraid I don't have that magic spell that I can make it all disappear. If I did, I am sure I would make a lot yeah. of people happy. And maybe yeah, I would have to charge a little powerful. bit of money for it because I think I could probably get a little bit of money for something like that, wouldn't I? But we don't have it, but we're going to keep our fingers crossed. We're all going to do what we can to stay safe and hope that we can help this all to go away because I know there's nothing you'd like better than to see your grandpa and then get out with all your friends and, and play your sports again, right? Yeah. Great. So Cameron, as Special Olympics athletes that we are, we follow, we follow an oath. Could, could you tell me that oath? Let me win. If you cannot win, let me breathe in tent. Awesome. So can you tell us when you were brave in the attempt? I never give up. Very good. And this is a That's good time to answer. be like that, isn't it? With all of the things that are that seem like they're bad right now, you never give up and you always yeah. look at the positive stuff, right, Cameron? Yeah. Good for you. Good for yeah. you. Yeah. Well, Cameron, we're really happy you joined us today. It was great to hear you know, what, what you would like us to do, but it's great to hear about your experience at the provincials and the opening ceremonies and about your background. And it's been a lot of fun having you there here today. So thanks very much for joining us. You're welcome. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Cameron. 
Okay. And we, Lozi and I, will be right back with our next guest right after this. And welcome back to Guardians and Gladiators. Well, that was a great guest that we had of Cameron O'Connor being on being our athlete this week. Now we go to our next guest. He's been with Special Olympics. He probably built the first building for Special Olympics somewhere down the road. <laughs> Folks, welcome to the show, Bill Mills. Hello and welcome, guys. How you doing? Good. How are you, Bill? Doing good. Can't complain. Can't complain. So, Bill, when when did you get started with Special Olympics? I started with Special Olympics before there was Special Olympics. In ninth, yeah, seriously, seriously, I went to my saw my first floor hockey game in nineteen seventy. Oh gosh, seventy one, I think it was. Uh, we went down to some volunteers from London and watched. It was the first second Special Olympics games down in Toronto at Maple Leaf Gardens. And we just we were just hanging around and helping out and did some work at um, one of the fields and had some patients come down from Aurelia from the hospital center there and we we escorted them around for the day kind of thing. And other than that, we were just groupies. And it wasn't until you know that experience and doing some other stuff, I started with another buddy uh, doing basketball with community living. And uh, that was oh as a seventy and seventy one we did that. And then um, got me going into Fanshawe College and recreation leadership. And that was going to be my, my area of studies is with people with an intellectual disability in sports. Wow. And as far as you, know, you worked initially at, or not initially, but you worked at Special Olympics Ontario at one point, didn't you? Yeah, from 86 to 90, I was the area coordinator for all of Southwestern Ontario. Right. So we'd only started those positions the year before with, Marion Colson and Larry Howard up north uh, with uh, their, their jurisdictions and then eastern central Ontario and then southwestern Ontario. Um, our job was to coordinate any of the programs that happened to be underway or started in different communities. There were 15 different communities by the end of those four years that we'd started. Uh, started up community programs as they're based now with an executive, with people doing different jobs. The whole idea was you know, prior to that, if you were in the sport, okay, I did floor hockey up in Palmerston. Well, I, I coached, I drove the bus, I did the uniforms, you, you, you raised the money, you're doing virtually everything as coaches. So you, you put in a, a structure so that you have people that will look after those bigger things for you. So you can leave the manager to manage, the head coach to head coach, and the coaches to coach. Right. So we put in that strategy with, with all the community programs. And I think we have about 200 different community programs across Ontario now that, that function in much the same way. Mm -hmm. Important to do that, right? Because sometimes if there's too much going on, it can burn a person out, right? Mm -hmm. But you also have people who excel in certain areas. I mean, maybe like you say, you have someone who is better as a manager and can organize things that you want them concentrating on that. And then you have your coaches who can concentrate on coaching and not worrying about all the other things that they have to do. Right. So right. I think, I think it helps to keep your volunteers longer that way as well. Yeah. So you have an entry point for volunteers. So he said, well, we've got the new guy to come in for floor hockey this year. Well, he came in with our level, our C level, and he liked it so much. Now he stays you know, the extra half an hour, hour to help with the bees because he enjoys it. Mm -hmm. 
but he doesn't have to plan the sessions and what, what's going on. He just follows suit and helps out where he can. So you have that entry level for people to come in. Right. And difficult for if a community says, oh, we're, we're looking for a coordinator. What's that? That's, that's a lot of work. So yeah. usually your management and your executive come from people who are experienced. Makes sense. You're looking for a secretary. Well, okay, secretary, you might have those skills from some other job or volunteer work that you have. Mm -hmm. So you usually find spot for everybody. It's been a little difficult over the last two years because you have people coming to the volunteer coordinator and what jobs do you have? Right. Well, right now we're not <laughs> doing anything. And then to hope people stick around until you do have something is, is a challenge. Yeah. It's a challenge. And that's that's going to be a part of coming out of this pandemic that sometimes gets overlooked, right, is is getting people back involved, because you're right, it's not like all of the volunteers have been sitting waiting for two years, a lot of them have moved on to different things, and you would have been recruiting new people over the last two years, and now you're kind of starting two years behind right? And getting people in. So mm -hmm. uh, it's something that we don't think about when we think of coming out of this and getting back to sports. Yeah, prior prior to the, the return to sport program, um, we did survey the volunteers to find out exactly that, like, okay, from the sport managers, contact the managers and see who's still interested in managing. From there, you guys contact the head coaches, see if they're still interested. And then the coaches, are they still going to come back? You know, we have some sports that rely fairly heavily on uh, university students or Fanshawe mm -hmm. students who come and go as it is. You, you'd be lucky to get them for a season, right. maybe two, and then they're gone. Uh, so we had to find those things out before we even started up. And I think we, I think we got seven weeks in into floor hockey before this all shut down again. Oh, yeah. I know somebody on this podcast was pretty miserable for a while there when it shut yeah. down again. Oh, absolutely. Yep. absolutely. <laughs> yeah. We, we did it, you know, we have to follow the rules that Special Olympics puts in place based on Health Canada. And then we have to face the, the restrictions that the schools put on you, you know, and, and do it their way or you, you have no place to go. Exactly. Um, so we, we did everything correctly and got everything started. And then, okay, now we're shut down again. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's not like we're behind because nobody else is there. Right. You know, nobody else can compete. Stratford never even got out their floor hockey off the ground because of their schools. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of communities I'm sure aren't doing anything or very, very little. So we, we've got a leg up on those, but it doesn't matter. We won't be doing any competitions this year. No. You know, the national winter, national summer games were postponed. Mm -hmm. The world winter games were postponed. We don't know how far and deep this is going to go. Right. Things, things are just being postponed. Um, we looked at this is why we're doing more Zooms. This is why we're keeping in touch with people because we know that the athletes and volunteers like the socialization, like seeing your buddies. Mm -hmm. You know, like Chris can, Chris can see his buddies just in the same building. But yeah. for all the other guys, you don't get a chance other than at floor hockey. And it's not like, you know, when you, even you guys, go, your team going to floor hockey, you're not learning an awful lot more skills. No. Because you're at the highest level there is. You can't scrimmage and you're not going to any tournaments. Nope. So a lot of it is just, hey, we're here and we got to do something yeah. and we're having fun doing it. You know, you get a little bored, but you're fine. You're having fun. Yeah, for That's sure. Right. So I, as the years that I know you, you're, you're quite a traveler. 
How many World Games have you been to? 18. <laughs> 18, both yes. summer, summer and winter. And, the, and they hold the, them every four years. So 18 times, I'm trying to figure your age out, Bill. 18 times four. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the first one we went to is in Brockport, New York. Where Haycock and Haycock and his wife and um, Marion Colson at the time. And uh, there was five of us. I think we drove drove over to Rochester, New York. There's a city you don't walk the streets at night. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. it was a small, a small really affair. Um, there's only like 10,000 people in the stands. Um, Muhammad Ali was there. Uh, a lot of the, the, the TV and movie stars of the day were there. Uh, the funniest part was when they run the torch in. They had athletes or they, uh, the world, the world celebrities stationed around the track, but they didn't, they didn't tell the runner who came in with the torts that he was supposed to pick them up as he ran by them. Oh. <laughs> so he just ran by and everybody had to run around with their suits on. There's, there's Muhammad Ali trying to catch up to the guy with the torch. <laughs> they made it up to the, the cauldron just before he lit it, you know, so they were there yeah. for the picture. Uh, but there's, it's been a learning curve, you know, you, you go from something like that, and then in 83 in Louisiana was 75,000 people, wow. and uh, it's, it's, such, it's such a growing sport, it is the, the world's fastest growing amateur sport, uh, the competitions at a world level, world summer games are the biggest athletic sports event in the world at any given year, um, there's a lot, I, we enjoy going them because we're, we're groupies, or I've been there as a referee. I've gone as a head coach for cross-country ski one time. I've gone as a photographer, gone as a volunteer, gone as uh, World Games. And when they were in Toronto, I was the sport coordinator, sport convener for floor hockey. We had 2,000 athletes and 1,000 of them were just in floor hockey alone. And that was, Chris, we had, we had one building, the Better Living Center at the CNE, had eight pads had the dressing rooms, had the meal services, VIP services, family services, practice area, absolutely everything under one roof. It was, wow. it was awesome. It was awesome. Good set up, yeah. Yeah. Six, six days of competition. And after six days, after the last game was done, the last, last game, we were three minutes overtime. Wow. <laughs> 265 games and we were three minutes late. Jeez, so, that's... Yeah, That's it's, some serious logistics there. Yeah, I think they, they knew going in that we can do this. This is nothing new for us to do. Yeah, and we've we've seen we've seen great shows and bad shows yeah. all the way along the line. So, did anything stick in your mind as far as like let's just stick with opening ceremonies? Which yeah. one over all of them sticks in your mind as the best? Oh gosh, <laughs> uh, Labu Dhabi. You know that was that was amazing. That was amazing ceremony. Uh, of course, they had the money to do it. Right. Um, Athens in 2011. Uh, I do remember sitting on a hard marble seat for six hours. Oh. You know, seeing, seeing Stevie Wonder in person was was quite a quite an event. Yeah. Uh, the march in is always the best, but the best the best march in the best opening ceremonies from a Canadian point of view is sitting in the Bell Center mm -hmm. and watching the last team come in, and that's Canada. Right. Yeah, you know, that's, that's cool. You, know, you always wait for the last team, the, the host team. And this is the only time it's been Canada. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a, that's it's a, a great, great feeling. feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. That's awesome. What as, as 
like a volunteer in, in coaching out of that, what is your, do you have a favorite moment or memory? Mm. Well, seeing Sarah Albers win a gold medal in Athens, one of, one of our London, mm -hmm. uh, seeing, you know, Jamie and Jamie and Scott um, playing at the world games level. That was great. And seeing any of our London athletes at that world level or national level or provincial level, it's always great to follow them and see them and to know that, you know, the main thrust of our whole program is getting as many people at the local level involved doing something. Right. And yes, we're going to have always people at invitational games and provincial games and then national games is great. World games is kind of the, the cherry on the top, but it's not what we strive for. You know, we have 400 plus athletes at the local level, but we could have a thousand, mm -hmm. but we don't have facilities, enough facilities. You don't have enough coaching to do that time. You know, right. the 22 sports, we're not doing them all. We're doing 18 of them. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's just one of those things that yes, uh, some communities in the States will have all 20 different sports and spread it around and they may even limit athletes. You know, we have, some guys and girls that are doing six sports in a year. Mm -hmm. um, so we, we do what we can. Uh, when London started in 86, there were only six registered athletes. They registered just six bowlers so they could wow. bowl over in Woodstock <clears throat> or in St. Thomas as before Special Olympics really got to going as a community program. Mm -hmm. But now we're over 400. We're doing yeah, okay. That's great. Mm -hmm. That's great. Now, you mentioned a few different things that in the community that you need. And one thing um, that you're very familiar with is, is the actual funds, right? To, to make all this stuff happen. So I know uh, last week, all three of us were fortunate enough to take part in some meetings um, with the uh, federal government. And it, how, you've, uh, I, I'm assuming, and I don't know this, I should have checked, but I'm assuming that's not your first year that you've been involved in these meetings. We went the, the last time it was set up, like four years ago, right. uh, Ruth Ann and I, my wife and I went uh, with Scott Tennant mm -hmm. and to Irene Matheson's office and met with her right. and you know, chatted. We had a great chat with her because she, she um, and my, knew my dad quite well. I mean, when she was out electioneering, she'd always stop at his place and chat. And uh, she came to a ceremony we held eight years ago. He got a a medal, another medal. So we had a ceremony. Mm -hmm. She came to that along with other dignitaries and VIPs and stuff. So, you know, it was, it was a nice connection. And, uh, you know, her daughter's doing a, doing a fine job from what we know. And mm -hmm. she, I think she's in our corner as far as supporting special Olympics. And when these, when the talks come about doing that, the whole idea is you've, they've got a personal connection. They've met people yes. from the program. Right. And, talking to somebody about something you know nothing about and going, I don't know uh, how I'll vote. But, you know, we make that personal connection. And that's, you know, that's Special Olympics Canada and Special Olympics Ontario that in all the provinces taking that initiative to do that. That's yeah. marketing. That's public relations. Yeah, it's a key thing. I mean, like, like you mentioned, and one thing I learned from taking part, and just for any of our listeners that aren't aware, um, for most of last week, members, uh, there were some Special Olympic athletes, there was volunteers, and then there was um, staff from Special Olympics all across the country, Canada, including Special Olympics Ontario and other provinces that took part in a meeting with um, 
MPs and senators from the federal government. And the idea was lobbying for funding from the federal budget. Uh, the last federal budget, which was for four years, and like Bill was just saying, um, they, they, were, they met with them then and were able to get some significant funding. And that funding is about to end. So of course, we would like to get that funding back again for the next budget. And one thing that stuck in my mind, and you just touched on it, is to make that connection with these people. And I'm sure there are a lot of MPs who were involved in these meetings the past week who don't have a connection with Special Olympics. They may have heard of it, but they've never really spoke to somebody. They don't know exactly what it does. And to hear it from an athlete like Loji's point of view or a volunteer like yourself, who's been around as long as you have, you know, I, I think is so important. And that was something as, as a staff member involved in that meeting, I was really just facilitating it. Mm -hmm. But I'm listening and I'm watching the, the people that are listening to these conversations and seeing that it is touching them. I mean, I, I was fortunate in my meeting, we actually had uh, Senator Gwen Boniface, who of mm -hmm. course was the commissioner with the OPP, was involved in the Canadian Association of Chiefs of Police. So very familiar through the torch run with Special Olympics and the athletes. So it was great. But even somebody like that, who's had that, that involvement before, you could see what listening to the athletes speaking and, and talking to them makes such a difference. So exactly, so, yes. Yeah, I, like I think it's, it's invaluable in order to get the support that, that you want to get right mm -hmm. yeah exactly and you know at the community level our funding our funding is in good shape mm -hmm. you know for two years we barely spend a dime because we have nothing to spend it on transportation right. is one of our our biggest expenses um just going to tournaments you know you got all these sports and you got to compete and it costs money uh, but we haven't spent any of that we haven't bought any uniforms we got some new equipment for basketball this year and that was about our biggest expense you know, we, we have no staff at the community level. The only fixed cost we have is storage lockers to keep equipment in. And even our phone bill is only five bucks a month. So <laughs> we, we just, you know, we have supporters uh, that, that, that donate to us on a regular basis, uh, community programs that do this. We've, we've made a, a healthy nest egg over the years, the, the, tar the torch run, uh, polar plunge, uh, things like that that we get involved with that just, continue on. We've always said, yeah, yeah, we've got a surplus and it's nice, but you know, if we didn't get any money for the next two years, we could probably get through two years only. Mm -hmm. Well, we just went through that. We didn't make, you know, we made more money than we spent. Right. But we would have, you know, if we'd have been spending at the same rate, yeah, we'd be in trouble, but we're not. Right. But that's for another year, you know, next, yeah. next year, this may be all behind us. We're back to spending almost a hundred thousand dollars a year. Um, so you got to keep you got to keep in the positive side. Yeah, and and that's another challenge, right? That you may find is getting those people back again that are yep. donating the money because it's been a couple of years, right? So it's getting mm -hmm. that fundraising going again. Yeah, you got to keep you got to keep in front of people, mm -hmm. and like we were going to plan a, we usually have our walkathon in February. Well, it's usually a target. If you say we're going to have a walkathon to support what? Well. Mm, nobody's going to provincial or national or world games. You like to have that target. Okay, we've got seven athletes going to world games. Mm -hmm. People can fix on that. People give to people. Right. And you have a target. We have no target this year, so we'll we'll skip that. You know, if we get Bolathon in April, who knows? You know, Scotia Bank's been a great supporter over the years, mm -hmm. but you still need a kind of a target. You need to have a need, express a need. 
sure. let's say we, we need 200 more volunteers and you get 200 people say yes, well, you gotta have a place for them. Yeah. Or you just wasted their time. Yeah, oh, for sure. Slowly but surely we're, we're keeping pace and we, we lead the way. Good. Is there after, if when this is pandemic is over, where's where's Special Olympics London? How are we going to go further, further well, from this? Well, one of the things one of the things we have talked about at the executive is actually getting somebody to coordinate the social media, like Zoom. Uh, I've talked to my friend down in Trinidad, and. We're talking about getting a doing a Zoom meeting, maybe having like six or seven London athletes, six or seven there, and just getting on and chatting, just like we're doing now. You know, what do you what sports do you do? What's the weather like? You got a dog, you got a cat, you got a brother and sister. Just keeping that social thing going. You know, I'm uh, I I'm friends on on Facebook with a number of different special needs organizations. And you know, it's great to see what the Isle of Man is doing, what's happening in Germany and Italy and things like that, the countries that are getting ready to host the world games or getting ready to host the national, their national games and their local programs. You get ideas about what's going on, what's, what's still happening out in the world because other countries are, they're doing more sports than we're, we're doing now, but their challenges are different than ours. But it's, right. it's just fun to keep in touch, you know, knowing there's 5 million athletes out there. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and pretty well, you know, most are going through the same thing we have in the last two years. Yeah. And a lot more people on Zoom. So we think, well, that's one thing we can do and having more social meetings, mm -hmm. you know, coordinating it just a little better, keeping in touch. Yeah. There definitely are some positives that have come out of the last couple of years, you know, and that is that is one for sure. Mm -hmm. For uh, sure. Yeah. No, understanding your challenges and understanding, I guess, uh, what the opportunities are. You know, who knew? Who knew you could do a, a drive-through award ceremony? Yeah. Okay, we found that out. You know, cooking programs on online and mm -hmm. um, different different types of fundraising that communities are doing. Yeah, let's see. Yeah, it's opportunities. There's challenges, but uh, it's still Special Olympics. We're still That's having right. a good time, aren't we, Chris? Yes, sir. Uh, yes, we are. Yes, we are. Okay. Well, Bill, before we let you go. Uh, we are heading really, really close to a season that I know both you and my uh, co-host here, Lozi, really enjoy. <laughs> um, and, and in no better time to speak about it than this weekend where it's been minus double digits around mm -hmm. here. Oh, and we are heading into polar plunge season. Oh, and of course, boy. for the province of Ontario, we will be going virtual with our polar plunge this year, uh, which is not a surprise to, to you. You've been involved <laughs> with this before and you've been involved in person as well as virtual. So any little uh, tidbits you want to drop, little, little breadcrumbs, little, little hints you want to give us as to what you got planned for this year? I floated an idea by, by my buddy the other day and I just threw it out there and he th he's taking it and running with it thinking that's a great idea. <laughs> uh -oh. good, I'm committed good. myself to something. I can't tell you because it'll make spectacular video. Can't wait. Uh, can't wait to see it. Yeah. Nope. What prizes did I get for last year? None. I don't know. <laughs> None. What are you talking about? You? 20, well, 2020, I was all geared to go and then 
the day the day oh, before right, yeah. the big splash yes nothing. they shut us oh. down well we got three of our four plunges in in this area yeah. we had woodstock st thomas and two in london so maybe yeah. we were just being greedy with two but we got we got three of our four in but you're right our big one was going to be on the one, friday one uh, more day yeah it was a biggie and it was of course the day that the world shut down wasn't it yeah yep I got this I huge, huge box of stuff down in storage. All the stuff we were going to throw into the crowd. That's right. The, the night's game and everything that night. We were, it was going to be good. Not I was ready, ready for fun, that too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we, there was a lot of people excited about that. So yeah. it's disappointing, but we'll bounce back like we always do. Looking forward to seeing not only your plunge, but also uh, Lozi's plunge. I don't want to hear anything about it. You just keep thinking about it and you can both surprise me with something. Absolutely. Absolutely. Something amazing. Yeah. Uh, I won't I won't um, leak out what our prizing is this year because that's going to come <laughs> out in the next few weeks at our provincial level. And just I just can't share that stuff. Just but yeah. it'll make it worth everybody's while. It'll be a lot of fun. We'll have some weekly we prizes. And uh, we can't wait to see. We had some some really inventive plunges last year throughout the province, and we're excited to see what this year brings us. So, mm -hmm. Bill, we really appreciate you joining us. It's great to get the insight from someone who's been around as long as you. Um, you know, like you said before, Special Olympics were Special Olympics. So that's a perspective yep. we don't get from talking to just anybody. You know, yep. and even though Lozi's been around a long time, not quite that long. Yeah. So. No. Always remember in Special Olympics, there is no finish line. That's correct. And yes. no off season. Nope. <laughs> True. True. All right. Well, well thanks, thanks again, thanks Bill. For the opportunity. This is great. This is yeah. great. Thanks. We appreciate it. It's great having you on. <laughs> thanks, okay. Bill, for coming. Okay. All right. Rosie and I will be right back after this. And welcome back to Guardians and Gladiators. Well, I got to tell you, we had two fantastic guests this week. One for, as the athlete of uh, Cameron O'Connor and telling us his story, what, what a great story he had. And with Bill Mills telling us a little bit more history about Special Olympics. Wasn't that great? I, I loved hearing from Cameron. I loved the excitement you know, in his voice when he was talking about the opening ceremonies and, and there was just, there was just so much going on. He couldn't even remember, the, you know, the different things and, and that, but that's what, that's what the opening ceremonies are like. They're, they're just exciting and they get everybody going and um, there's music and there's lights and there's the torch coming in and guest speakers and it's just so much fun. So uh, that was great uh, listening to Cameron relive that and, you know, share some of um, some of his special story with us as well. And uh, it'd be nice if we had that little magic spell we talked about, wouldn't it? Just bring <laughs> oh, everything yeah. back to, to normal again. You know, I'm maybe sure. uh, turn down the temperature. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we could probably do that too. No, that was good. As you say, it was nice to get a little history lesson from Bill Mills, who was with Special Olympics, as he says, before it was actually Special Olympics, you know. So he wrote the first page <laughs> <laughs> and he had to dip his pen in ink to do it. Right. Yeah. And it was yeah. calligraphy and, and <laughs> no, that was a lot of fun. I, I, I love listening to Bill talk about it because you can hear, you can hear his passion for special Olympics right from the very beginning, you know, when he started as a, like, it sounded like more of a student kind of thing and, and saw this as 
what he wanted to do. You know, yeah. and of course, the amount of thing, the amount of time and effort that Bill has put in as a volunteer. We're not talking about necessarily a paid employee. Most of Bill's time with Special Olympics is strictly as a volunteer, you know. And I know, and we're going to give a quick shout out to his wife Ruth Ann because they're both in this together. I mean, they they give so much of themselves to Special Olympics, not only in this city but. Uh, the province and of course we've heard him talk about his 18 18 world games can you imagine yeah that's crazy crazy that is crazy so poor bill and ruth ann they'll be their travel schedule be up in the air right now they're waiting to see are we going to russia are we going to berlin where are we going they're, the games <laughs> canceled or postponed or moved yeah know? but uh, good for him i mean it's it's people like bill that that makes Special Olympics what it is and, and so great for athletes like yourself, right? Yep. Good. Okay. Well, that was another good episode. Um, we're going to wrap things up and we're going to look forward to next week when we'll be back with some more extra special guests. In the meantime, stay safe, stay warm. We've got some snow coming. Drive safely, get out there and shovel, don't slip and fall. <laughs> <laughs> and you, yeah. you better wear a toque on that hat there, mister. Oh, I know, I will. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks again to everybody for listening. Guardians and Gladiators available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Until next week, have a good week, folks. Mm-hmm.